Our scripture reading uh, or lesson already having been read, uh, would you pray with me and ask the Lord to teach us this morning from his holy word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. And we thank you that you have, from our Lord Jesus Christ, given us instructions concerning your kingdom. We thank you for your grace by which we have been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of your beloved Son. And we pray now, Heavenly Father, that by the work of your Holy Spirit, you would enlighten our minds in the knowledge of Christ, that we might be good subjects of your kingdom, and that your kingdom might come upon this earth. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. It is a great pleasure to be with you this weekend. I have the highest regard for your pastor and for the ministry of this local church, and it is a great uh, privilege to be able to share with you something about the ongoing work of the kingdom of God and our part in it uh, this morning from these parables of our Lord. We spoke already on uh, Friday evening about what moves us to embrace the mission of Christ, uh, to make it our own, to own the mission of Christ, and we mentioned that one uh, motive, motivation that should be compelling to us is the very experience we have of the mercy of God ourselves, that when we experience the compassion of Christ ourselves, personally and individually, that should drive us to want to uh, show that mercy and compassion to others uh, as well. In fact, we might even define missions, and I tried to define it in this way, as um, a heart into which Christ has poured his compassion, overflowing with compassion uh, to others around them. And then we spoke also about um, the sovereignty of God with regard to the mission. The mission is his mission. Jesus is ascended on high at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, where he rules and reigns and where he is now orchestrating the worldwide advance of his kingdom from one end of the earth to the other. And now we live in a day 2,000 years away from the Great Commission that was given by our Lord Jesus, and the earth is full of the knowledge of the Lord. There's hardly a place you can go in all the world where you not find someone who is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ who gives praise and glory to God. Of course, there is much more to go to be done, but we thank God for his sovereign directing of his kingdom uh, throughout the earth. And now this morning, I want us to think together about the worth of the kingdom, uh, the worth to us individually, how do we value it, but also uh, the worthwhile endeavor of being involved in the worldwide spread of the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. For my purposes this morning, when we mention uh, the kingdom, I'm using the definition of the kingdom that is found in the Westminster Confession of Faith chapter 25 of the church, where the Westminster divines defined the church in this way, it is the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you as a local body of believers here in Savannah, Georgia, are a local manifestation of the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are, as it were, a kingdom outpost where the Lord Jesus Christ has planted his flag and from which he then expands his kingdom uh, in this surrounding region throughout our state and throughout our nation and throughout the world. You own 
a piece of this great work of the ongoing kingdom mission of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in our parables, Jesus talks about the kingdom and teaches us several things about it. I want us to think about a number of different things uh, that we can learn from the text itself, as well as one last thing by way of implication. Now, many of you know that I have been uh, involved in a mission to the nation of Peru for about 24 years now. Uh, 24 years ago, I met Alonzo Ramirez. Uh, who has been laboring in his native land of Peru, planting churches, translating reform works into Spanish, and um, also doing university ministry. And uh, it's been my privilege to work with him. So my interest in the nation of Peru has led me to do some history reading about how the gospel came to Peru and uh, what has taken place over the last 500 years, that there's been some kind of gospel ministry there. The Spanish conquistadors were the first uh, to come to uh, the nation of Peru. Francisco Pizarro uh, came there uh, to conquer it for the king of Spain, and he brought with him priests, he brought with him chroniclers, and in his mind he was in some way involving himself in the spread of the gospel. Of course, the gospel that he brought was not the pure gospel that we understand arising out of the Reformation, the gospel of God's free grace in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. And the motives that moved these conquistadors were varied and mixed. One of their motives was that of wealth. They sought gold. In fact, one of the Aztecs uh, Indian historians wrote about the Spaniards describing them and their interest in gold. He said, the Spaniards appeared to be delighted. They seized upon the gold like monkeys. Their faces flushed, for clearly their thirst for gold was insatiable. They starved for it. They lusted for it. They wanted to stuff themselves with it. They went about fingering the streamers of gold, passing them back and forth, grabbing them one to the other, bubbling, talking gibberish among themselves. How much gold did they send back to Spain? By 1560, it's estimated the conquistadors had shipped over 100 tons of gold back to Spain. Now, the question for us with regard to the kingdom of God and the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is what do you consider to be of such value, of such worth, that you would risk your very life to obtain it. What would be considered by you to be such a treasure that you would do anything to preserve it? You know, all kinds of things become treasures in our lives. Um, I wondered um, to myself, or I asked you the question, if your house was on fire, everything was burning up, what would you risk running back into the house amidst the fire uh, in order to save? your husband or your wife, hopefully a child, maybe so. I knew a man who ran back in the midst of a burning home in order to save his shotguns. But these are categories of treasure, the kind of treasure you keep for yourself, that you guard, that you put away in order to protect it. But there is another kind of treasure, one that you share 
with those whom you love. In our text, the Lord Jesus instructs us in the worth of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to note six things about its worth. Its worth secured, its worth sacrificed for, its worth sought after, its worth singular, its worth at stake, and then by implication, lastly, its worth shared. First, let's note its worth secured. Verse 44 tells us the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. Here our Lord compares the kingdom of heaven to a treasure of inestimable worth, so much so that the man who finds this treasure hides it in order that he might secure it for himself. Perhaps in your youth you uh, collected things that you thought were of value. I had uh, a coin collection when I was a kid. Uh, Some of the coins I collected were from the 1940s, and some of those, you might know, were made of steel. I found that collection not long ago and looked through it, and all my steel coins were corrupted and rusted, Uh, not much left of them. One time, we would go to the bank and get, uh, for $10, 20 rolls of 50 pennies, and then my brother and I would go through all those pennies looking for something of value. We would find a penny with the wheat on the back. One time, I found an Indian head penny. Of course, the face of the Indian had been rubbed off so much through wear, you could barely see it. But that was a treasure to me. I hid it so well that I could not find it. (laughs) The kingdom of heaven is indeed a treasure worth securing. And one cannot say he has really possessed it if he does nothing constantly to pursue it or secure it in his life. The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 2 verse 12, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. In 2 Corinthians 14 verse 5, he tells us, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Be much in prayer. Be much in the Word of God. Be much with the people of God. The kingdom of heaven is a treasure worth securing. The mission of the church begins when you treasure the kingdom of heaven personally and individually. You will not embrace the mission of the church if you do not treasure the kingdom of heaven. Now, you might note in this first uh, statement by our Lord Jesus, the manner in which this man is said to have found this treasure, he seems rather to have stumbled upon it without really searching for it. Yet it is nevertheless a treasure to him. Perhaps some of you have been reared in the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, You didn't go looking somewhere, searching hard to find the kingdom of God. It's been there in your life from the very beginning. You've heard much about Jesus. You've heard much about the gospel. You've attended missions conferences like this one. You've never searched for the kingdom of heaven. You found it in your home. Praise be to God. Yet it is a treasure, a treasure to you. Have you secured it for yourself? Are you here this morning? And you could say, I personally have secured this treasure. I've embraced the king of heaven and thus have the kingdom of heaven in my heart. I have embraced it for myself. 
The conquistadors traveled across the Atlantic Ocean with much danger and challenge, and they stole the world's treasures. The world is bankrupt with its fool's gold, but we have found that which is true treasure indeed, and we bring this treasure, the kingdom of heaven itself, to a bankrupt world. And since it is the only true treasure, it is worth sacrificing for. The second thing I want you to know from our text, it is worth sacrificing for. In verse 44, Jesus says, from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That is, in this man's mind, the treasure is so precious, so great, so exquisite, that he is willing to give up all that he has in order to obtain it. He will sacrifice anything to get it. Our Lord's teaching is that there is nothing in all this world that is comparable to the value of the kingdom of heaven. And therefore, a man who correctly recognizes its worth is willing to part with any of his most valuable possessions that he might possess this one treasure of inestimable worth. Any man who sees correctly the weight of his own sin pressing down upon his soul, the danger of his soul, any man or woman who sees the great value of the kingdom of heaven and what it offers to him by grace without cost, forgiveness of sin, eternal life, restoration in new heavens and new earth for all eternity. Any man or woman who sees the kingdom of heaven correctly will give up anything, everything to have it. Was this not the problem of the rich young ruler? He had many possessions, we are told, and he did not see the surpassing value of the kingdom of heaven. And so Matthew 19 tells us he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Are you here this morning wrestling with what you truly value? Do you see the true value and worth of the kingdom of heaven, or are you holding on to something that you think is more valuable and thus risking your very soul? For this man, it was, as we note, a joyous sacrifice. Note that our Lord states that this man sells all he has and from joy over the treasure, he's willing to part with it all. This was no begrudging sacrifice. This sacrifice was not made with regret. There was no buyer's remorse that plagued him. The sacrifice was made voluntarily and joyously. Overjoyed to make the sacrifice of all his possessions to gain this treasure, the kingdom of heaven. Now it stands to reason then, does it not, that if a man is willing to give all that he has to gain the kingdom of heaven, that he would also be willing to sacrifice all that others might also find it. The sacrifices that we make to proclaim the kingdom gospel around the world are worth it. Every sacrifice you make in giving 
toward the advance of the kingdom of Christ here and around the world are worth it. Do you see it that way? How do you see the worth of the kingdom? The sacrifice for the kingdom brings lasting satisfaction to the soul. How much is the kingdom of heaven worth to you? Would you, have you, have you sacrificed for the kingdom of heaven? Cortez and Pizarro, the Spanish conquistadors, risked the dangers of sea travel across the Atlantic to satisfy their thirst for gold and power. What would you sacrifice to take this treasure to the ends of the earth? And is it really a sacrifice? Do we ever really sacrifice anything in comparison uh, to the value of that which we receive from Christ? Jim Elliot was right when he says he is no fool who gives up what he can never keep to gain that which he can never lose. The great missionary to Africa, David Livingston, once was asked about sacrifice in his own life. This is what he said. People talk of the sacrifice I've made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Can that be called a sacrifice which is simply acknowledging a great debt we owe to our God, which we can never repay? Is that a sacrifice which brings its own reward in helpful activity, the consciousness of doing good, peace of mind, and bright hope of a glorious destiny? It is emphatically no sacrifice. Rather, it is a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, danger, foregoing the common conveniences of this life, these may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing compared with the glory which shall later be revealed in and through us. I never made a sacrifice. Of this we ought not to talk when we remember the great sacrifice which he made who left his father's throne on high to give himself for us. So Jesus tells us about the kingdom. It is worth securing. It is worth sacrificing for. And thirdly, it is worth being sought after. Note verses 44 to 46, Jesus talks about the pearl of great price. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls, and upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, previously we noted in the first parable, the man who found and hid the treasure apparently stumbled upon it. He was walking about in a field, and then he saw this great treasure, bought the field that he might secure it. But here we have a merchant who is actually seeking after fine pearls. In this parable, the kingdom of heaven is represented by a pearl of great value, a jewel of great worth, and he's seeking for it. I'm certain that if I called upon volunteers this morning to help me go to Tybee Island and walk the beach and search for plastic bottles, strewn along the beach, I would find only a few, if any, that would help me. And probably the reason you'd be there would be to clean up the beach, not to reserve the bottles. They are worthless. But if I told you, on the other hand, that here downtown in Savannah, 
I know a place where is hidden a hundred thousand gold coins. I dare say you might all join me in the search. Some of you are always searching for a deal. Some of you will drive all across town and spend $15 in gas to save a dollar on the thing that you're purchasing. But some regard the kingdom of heaven of no real worth at all. They seek it very little, if at all, and they would rather seek the pearls of this world, cars and houses and land and clothes. But Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. But many in this world are spiritually hungry and are seeking for true wealth and that which has eternal value. Jesus said there are even some who will take the kingdom of God by force. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And this is our mission. We call them to enter the kingdom by faith in the king. Jesus is calling his sheep here in Savannah, throughout our state and nation and throughout the world. And they will seek after him and we must be there to tell them where they can find him. And so the kingdom is worth being secured. It is worth being sacrificed for. It is worth being sought after. And th fourthly, we note it's worth singular. Note Jesus says that upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Here our Lord teaches us that the kingdom of heaven is of peculiar worth. It is of a value all of its own. It is in a class all by itself. It is of singular worth among all the pearls of this world. And this merchant is willing to give up all that he owns that he might possess this one pearl. He's willing to lose everything else that he might have this one jewel. It is this one pearl as over against all the others that he seeks. He is like the art dealer who, given the opportunity to own 10 or 15 paintings of a good painter, is willing to forego them all that he might own one really choice painting of a master, a Rembrandt. How often do children demonstrate that they have not yearned, learned that one of something can be much more valuable than many of something. The older child who's learned the lesson may prey on the younger sibling. I'll give you five pennies for that one quarter. The younger sibling thinks he's ahead of the game because now he has five of something instead of one. But of course, he's been diminished by the trickery of the older sibling. Many in this world are often like children failing to correctly assess the true value of the kingdom of God. And such is the case oftentimes. We need values clarification of a spiritual sort. What is truly of the highest value in this world? It is to lay hold of the kingdom of heaven. It is to know the king and to be his loyal subject performing his will in his domain. We must go into this world and tell them that there is something of far greater value than anything that can be found in this world. 
this is our mission? Is this your personal value judgment? Or are you here this morning and yet enamored with so many of this world's pearls? Would you hold on to pennies when God offers you the inestimable worth of the very kingdom of heaven itself? Would you give them up for the surpassing value of knowing Christ and then helping others to know him? If you don't possess this pearl, you are indeed poverty-stricken. The people of this world are chasing after so many false pearls, but there is only one of true singular value, and we must tell them about it. This is our mission. So the value or worth of the kingdom is secured. It is sacrificed for. It is sought after. It is singular in nature. And then I want you to note it's worth at stake. What is at stake if you ignore this surpassing value of the kingdom of heaven? What Jesus tells us in the parable of the dragnet. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet cast into the sea and gathering fish of every kind. And when it was filled, they drew it up on the beach and they sat down and gathered the good fish into containers and the bad they threw away. So it will be, Jesus tells us, at the end of the age, the angels will come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be a day of judgment. There will be a day of separation. Would this impending judgment, would that not press upon you the exceeding precious worth and value of the kingdom of heaven? For those who do not possess this precious pearl, who will not sell all in order to have it, will lose all. Its worth is at stake. It is the dividing line between an eternity of bliss in heaven or an eternity of misery in hell under the righteous judgment of Almighty God. And thus Jesus warns us, this is what is at stake with regard to the mission of the church, the mission of Christ, his mission that he has given us to proclaim the gospel throughout all the world. There will be a day of separation. And if you will not give up all for the surpassing value of the kingdom, then you will lose all without the kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 12, for whoever has to him more shall be given and he will have an abundance, but whoever does not have even what he has shall be taken away from him. And so here's the mission. Souls are at stake. And so lastly, we consider by way of implication from the five things that we've discussed thus far, lastly and sixthly, the worth shared or proclaimed. This is our mission, to proclaim to the world that there is something of surpassing value more valuable than anything else in this world, to say to our family members and to our neighbors, 
and those who live in our communities, in our city, in our state, to herald to the world itself, there is one thing of surpassing value that you must possess, even though it costs you everything else in this life, and that is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is more valuable than anything in this world. It is so costly that no one on earth can purchase it. To know God through Jesus, the forgiveness of your sins, to have peace with God and eternal life. It cannot be earned. It cannot be merited. It is offered to us as a free gift, and we offer it to others as a free gift of the grace of God, God's riches at Christ's expense. And Jesus told his disciples, and us as well, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Jesus told his disciples, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end shall come. This is our inestimable privilege. This is your unparalleled privilege as a kingdom outpost in Savannah, Georgia, to share this message about something of inestimable value, the kingdom of heaven, to know the king who alone forgives sins and gives eternal life. This we proclaim to the nations of the earth. It is worth securing. It is worth sacrificing for. It is worth seeking after. It is singular in its value. Souls are at stake. It is our joy to share it, to proclaim it to the ends of the earth. In this regard, kingdom outposts are what we are. You at IPC are a kingdom outpost of King Jesus, pointing searching souls to the King, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, the surpassing value of knowing the King. To possess the kingdom, or better yet, to be possessed by the King. Secure it, sacrifice for it, seek it, share it. This is our mission. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, what great blessing and privilege you have given to us that we can proclaim this kingly message to the ends of the world. I pray, Lord, for this church in particular. Give them strength, give them vision, give them courage that they might proclaim this message here and around the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.